0: I think it's 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 vital. It's an essential part of, of figuring out what you want to do, especially as an entrepreneur. This is a high risk a high risk situation. Being an entrepreneur, you, you you never know what's around the corner. You never you never quite sure if you're secure financially or in terms of, of what you're doing. It's a steep learning curve for for being an entrepreneur, and you have to have have the drive to know that you're doing something you really want to do. <laughs> and if you are still confused about who you are, what interests you, what your, your, what your passion or your purpose is, it, you're going to struggle. You need that drive. You need that motivation. And I think if I hadn't spent my 20s exploring different avenues, trying different things, you know, people can look at it and say, oh, maybe there was a waste of time. You shouldn't spend – I don't see it like that. Not at all. I see it as something – that I used to grow. It's a a step closer to where I wanted to be, you know. So never let anyone tell you that pursuing different things to figure out what you want is a waste of time because it isn't. It just helps you get closer to who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do.
1: Namaste, hello, welcome to Prunership Diaries. I'm Shweta, your host for this show. Each week, I interview either solo pruners or entrepreneurs or mom pruners or side pruners from varied fields and expertise. If starting a business is on your mind and you want to learn the nitty-gritties of running a business or you want to become a solo pruner, jump right in. Let's explore the intricacies of taking charge of your own business. Welcome to Prunership Diaries. Today, we have with us Daniela Skuman. Daniela is a travel writer and a content creator from South Africa. She is the founder of the travel blog, Our Soulful Travels, and the content marketing agency, Biz and Content Alchemy. Since 2017, she has been a part-time traveler, exploring the world, and writing about her experiences for her own platforms, as well as publications such as Culture Trip, Drift Travel Magazine, Luxury Lifestyle Magazine, and Baumont Traveler. In 2020, she was appointed as the Associate Editor and Senior Travel and Wellness Writer for Rare magazine. These associations and the resulting bylines have allowed her to work with a variety of travel brands such as airlines, hotels, tourism boats, spas, restaurants and more. Over the past three years, she has received over $50,000 worth of sponsorships from tourism brands. Now. She has turned her attention to helping aspiring travel writers accomplish this, through her course "Pitch to Travel" and other educational resources. You can connect with Daniela personally on our Facebook community, "Wildly Successful Travel Writers." And I am so glad that uh, you know I'm a part of her Facebook uh, group, and uh, I am so happy to you know talking to a fellow traveler and a travel writer and a content creator. So I am super, super excited to have this conversation with Daniela. And Daniela, it is such a pleasure and a honor to have you here on my show. And welcome. Welcome to Prunership Diaries. Thank you so much,
0: Shweta I'm, I'm very, very happy to be here. And I feel so honored and privileged that you invited me to speak with you today. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Daniela. And it's all my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So without further ado, so do, let's get started. Uh, So Daniela, you have worked uh, post your undergraduation and also your graduation in psychology. And what made you leave your job both the times, respectively? So what, what, what triggered you to
0: move out of a job? Yeah. The honest answer is my issues with authority. (laughs) I really don't like being told what to do, (laughs) Um, but more seriously, um, I think like most entrepreneurs, I wasn't feeling fulfilled in a normal nine to five job. Um, It always started off really well and I was really good at what I did, but eventually I would just get sick of it and, and to the point where it was actually physical sickness, where I would have a cold or flu almost all the time because I was so stressed and burnt out. So yeah so it was just about that I, I didn't feel happy or fulfilled where I was anymore both times it was like that but but seriously I'm I'm very happy and honored to to have had those privileges to and opportunities to do these jobs which not a lot of people always get. so I, I learned a lot at each job and yeah I'm always grateful for that. but my issue with the traditional office setting is that I feel that it's quite stifling. Um, especially for the creativity of individuals. And that's probably what pushed me to leave each time.
1: I mean, uh, Daniela, I totally resonate with you. I have a similar story, you know, where I used to work, you know, nine to five job. And, um, you know, I I so agree with you when you say that uh, it could be stifling when, when you are, you know, just in your cubicle doing the routine things. And uh, yes, I mean,
0: I've, I've been through
1: something (laughs) similar. uh,
0: I think that's I think that's how most entrepreneurs get started they, they realize that the traditional way of doing things just isn't isn't working it's not right for them Um, so they they forge their own path you know so to to give you a bit of background about my especially my first job when I finished my undergraduate mm-hmm. um degree uh I wasn't able to afford to to study further so I need to have a masters to be in psychology mm-hmm. to be able to work with um with patients and to take my work further. Um, So I took on my first job as a telemarketer for a skincare company called Isabella Garcia. Uh, After a month, I got promoted to customer care because of my background in psychology and, and I loved it at first. I really enjoyed having this purpose and working on something. But while I was doing that, I ended up paying for my to study further and doing my postgraduate degree while I was working full time. And by the end of two and a half years, I was completely burnt out. Like I would almost lose it when, when a difficult customer came, came onto the phone or something like that. And I was unhappy, uh, feeling unfulfilled and uncertain about my future in the company itself. So they kept promising managerial position and it, it wouldn't come to fruition. So uh, it, it kept on building up. And then eventually one day I just had a really tough day and I quit on a whim. <laughs> they actually tried to get me to stay, but it, it's I just needed to leave. It was a good move for me at the time. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone else because it was very stressful, not having like a backup plan or another another job to fall back on. But it was right for me at that time. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. I think whatever you said just now that it was right for you at that time, and you just quit with with no backup plan and. Uh, you just wanted to forge your head and, um, you know, create your own path. I <laughs> have been through the same same experience. <laughs> yes, and, and so glad uh, that, uh, you know, we, we did take that step. And uh, yeah, I think we are doing something we love to do. I
0: think that's what it is. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, I didn't get to where I am now. It, really, it, it was just, it was the start of that journey to lead me to, to who I am today, the business I have today. I learned so much about business and customer service and how to handle things in my business during those years there. So it was, it was a great learning experience. And I think it's what motivated me to start my own business as well. Is what I learned there and realizing I can, I can do it, you know.
1: Absolutely. I think it's, it's just all about taking the step and uh, moving ahead. And uh, you will also realize the skills, probably what you have learned before in your previous jobs will always come handy. And, uh, and, of course, you're more skilled to take up whatever comes your way, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Daniela, I want to ask you, I mean, um, uh, you were teaching children with uh, disabilities, learning disabilities. So, how has this experience been? And um, I know you, you, you said you started as a telemarketer, which was your first job. Uh, so, could you talk about this particular aspect where, you know, you were teaching children? So, how did that come about and how was your
0: experience? That was one of the most rewarding experiences of my entire life. Like seriously, if, if I was to, to stop being an entre- entrepreneur, I would go back to teaching and to working with children. It was just it was such a, a lovely experience for me and I learned a lot during that time as well. Um, so when I left my company uh, as a customer service consultant, mm-hmm. I took on two particular jobs working with children with learning disabilities. The one was for um, a franchise that taught primary school children how to read and write um, and also do basic arithmetic, things like that. And then the other one was working as a substitute teacher teaching Afrikaans, which is my home language, um, to high school children. Also, in a, they were in a private home school specifically for children or high school children with uh, learning disabilities. And for me, it was such an eye-opening experience working with these both both sets of children because there's this misconception in our society that um, le- people with learning disabilities are unintelligent and and couldn't be further from the truth. I might have been a teacher in these settings, but I felt like I learned so much from each and every child that I came across, you know like that they, they had so much so much to share and so much energy and, and it was just, Such a great experience for me in in both sense. Um, So, yeah, that would definitely be something that I would return to if I ever could. And it was nice for me at that time because it felt like I could blend what I'd learned in my psychology studies with the work that I was doing, finally. So it was during that time that I became an advocate for Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Uh, which states that there isn't just one type of intelligence that, that our schooling systems would have us believe, you know, literary or mathematical or something like that, that mm-hmm. there are so many different types of intelligences, such as spiritual intelligence, emotional intelligence, right. interpersonal, uh, musical. And, you know, that, that experience really made me realize that everyone has their own talents and skills and it's about finding that in them and helping it bring helping them bring it to the surface so that was it was awesome
1: all right I mean that's amazing um so I I, I have a follow-up question to that um, you also have a degree in animal assisted therapy and occupational testing as well. I mean, pertaining to teaching children and also having these degrees. So were you at that point in time exploring a lot of uh, areas? So what was it like?
0: <laughs> um, I think I was trying to find myself. I was trying to find my purpose at the time. I'm I'm a multi-passionate person. So I constantly have new things that catch my attention that I'd like to pursue and see if it's worth my while or if it's something that I, I could further as part of my career or something, so at that time I was working part time with these with these children and, um, at these educational uh, systems, and then I was also studying random things. So the animal assisted therapy uh, degree was more because I have this love of animals, and I wanted to see if I can combine what I was learning in psychology with working with animals. So. It was lovely. I enjoyed that experience, but I just realized it wasn't right for me at that time. Like Mm -hmm. I think maybe one day in the future, I I might take that on again. Um, But that was just because I was trying to to learn some more things and see see what what my path was. With the occupational testing, uh, that was something... So I was working part-time teaching, but I was also working part-time with a local clinical psychologist. I was a professional assistant and she actually paid for me to do the occupational testing degree uh, to help with the work that I was doing for her. So yeah, she was working with uh, the mining companies in South Africa, such as Anglo Gold and the Beers, um, testing their workers um, who were in high stress, dangerous situations. So we were just testing uh, their proficiencies, mental capabilities, things like that. Um, So when I did this Degree, I was able to take on a lot more um, of the responsibilities in terms of administering the psychological tests um, and then also generating reports to to give to these companies and things like that. So a lot of these things that I was doing part-time was basically to put put food on the table, you know, just to to have income. Um, But I also, it felt like learning opportunities because I got to work really closely with a clinical psychologist who who became a mentor so she basically taught me everything that she knew from her 20 plus years experience in the field yeah and actually I only stopped working with her last year so it it was from 2014 up until last year I was working part-time with her to still work in my, my field of psychology you know
1: wow I mean that's wonderful I know a whole lot of things in different fields um uh, but I mean that's amazing I think um for an entrepreneur or a solopreneur uh I I think before you get on to or uh when you're finding out what your passion is or you want to figure out okay is this feel for me I think it's all about exploring right I mean I think it's, it's it's part it's a part of the journey and I solely think it's it's important for one to do it what do you think of it Daniela I mean um, is it really important for people to explore before actually, you know, pro- probably starting a business in that particular line? What do you think? What is your perspective
0: on it being very important? I think it's 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 vital. It's an essential part of, of figuring out what you want to do, especially as an entrepreneur. This is a high risk a high risk situation being an entrepreneur. You, you you never know what's around the corner, you never you never quite sure if you're secure financially or in terms of, of what you're doing. It's a steep learning curve for for being an entrepreneur and you have to have have the drive to know that you're doing something you really want to do. And yes. if you are still confused about who you are, what interests you, what your, your, what your passion or your purpose is, it, you're going to struggle. You need that drive. You need that motivation. And I think if I hadn't spent my 20s exploring different avenues, trying different things, you know, people can look at it and say, oh, maybe there was a waste of time. You shouldn't spend – I don't see it like that. Not at all. I see it as something – that I used to grow it's a a step closer to where I wanted to be you know so never let anyone tell you that pursuing different things to figure out what you want is a waste of time because it isn't it just helps you get closer to who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do
1: oh yes absolutely and thank you for that Daniela and I also love the point when you said that you you were exploring it I mean as a part-time venture or a field Uh, I think that's so very uh, relevant because of course, yes, at the end of the day, you need to have a means of living. Mm. And also you need to explore, as we were talking, like you need to explore various of the fields before you can actually step on and, you know, take it forward. So, so agree with that point, because um, of course, I mean, people think that, okay, if you're just in a particular job, then you don't have time. But then of course, if you want to explore, then you have to give up your job and then yeah. you won't have some means of income coming to you. Um, I love
0: the fact that we live in an era with the internet. You can do things part-time, seriously, the, <laughs> yes. remotely. The, you do not have to, to get yourself stuck in a full-time job. I mean, if that's what you, what you need to do at the time to, to take care of your family, whatever, I, I have no problem with that. But I feel very lucky to live in a time where I can work part-time locally, work part-time remotes, remotely for my, my own business. You know, it gave me the opportunity to do multiple things at once as I started to build and figure out where I'm going with everything. So yeah, make use of the opportunities that we have. There's, there's so many, it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, you can, you can make something of yourself, you know, it's, it's awesome.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm so glad that, you know, you shared these aspects with us and uh, it's really, really wonderful. I'm sure the listeners out there would be, uh, you know, happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> All right. So, yes, coming to writing. So, when did that happen? Because I know you have written articles in various genres, like, you know, mental health, wellness, um, mindset manifestation Uh, personal development, then of course, uh, luxury and uh, travel and all of these. So before we get into start talking about travel writing, I want to know, when did you pick up this,
0: um, you know, the buck for writing? Or when (sighs) did that start? Um, I would say that I have, I've, I was always meant to be a writer. Looking back in hindsight, um, I would spend hours upon hours as a child reading. I would get lost in my own little world and it's where I started reading throughout high school, teenage years, even to this day, I, I can get lost in a book and I'm perfectly happy. So I feel like going from that point as a, as a lover of literature to becoming a, a writer is just a natural progression of of it's like who I'm supposed to be I, that's how i feel about it at this point it's like it's always where i was being led to to as a writer so and and you can see from what you were saying about my different topics that i write about i i have so many different things that i'm interested in i have like almost daily something new pops up like a new term or topic that i feel oh i need to dive into this and research it and I like to write about what I read and what I, what I learn and things like that as well. So I think it's just completely a natural progression from being a, a reader who reads constantly to a writer. It just feels natural.
1: Yeah. I totally get you there <laughs> uh, because I've been someone who was into like totally reading books. And um, I think I think uh, writing was another medium or it was it was something a, a window to you know express what you're going through inside yeah. um, I, I think that's where you get started because you do read a whole lot of books and you have like various ideas but <laughs> then you want to put out your own views own opinions and of course it can be related to any of the genres out there that you're interested in. Uh, I can so totally (laughs)
0: relate to that, yes. Yeah, it it just just felt right. So when I started writing, I just realized, okay, I mean, I loved it. Even in high school, when we had to write essays or in university, when we had to write these long pieces, I enjoyed it. People didn't always enjoy it, but for me, it was so much fun putting in the research work and writing and, and having my ideas develop and and grow and and come up to something, some unique conclusion or point of view, you know, I loved it.
1: Right. So when did you actually get into travel writing? (laughs) Um, So when did
0: that happen? Um, So in 2015, when I first started, Doing content marketing writing remotely. I was working on upwork and getting assignments like that. Um, I decided to start a blog. It was called Holistic Mind, Body and Soul. It was a wellness blog, so it had nothing to do with travel writing. Um, so I in twenty sixteen I went on my honeymoon to Zanzibar and it reignited this love of travel and I decided to change my my blog from just wellness to travel and wellness. Um, so just to give you background on that, I traveled a lot as a child. My parents took me month-long trips to Europe, so camping across Europe and things like that. I traveled a lot. Um, but then in university, for some really odd reason, I developed a paralyzing fear of flying. So <laughs> I refused to get on a plane. I just didn't want to go anywhere. So my travel was limited to going with family on road trips or somewhere in South Africa, you know. We decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite the bullet. I'm gonna get on the plane. We're gonna fly to Zanzibar because it's our honeymoon, of course. And then, <laughs> um, at that point, after we had that experience, I just remembered how much I love to travel, and I, I decided. I said to myself, I'm more afraid of not seeing this world than I am of getting on a plane and flying. So that was the mantra that got me through it. And um, from that point, (laughs) I decided I am going to turn my blog into a travel and wellness blog. I started writing about my local Mm -hmm. experiences. And then, surprisingly, the next year, 2017, we decided, okay, we're going to go to Europe for a three-week holiday. And I pitched a few places. I had no other publications. So I had no other experience except my blog. And I pitched, and a very small Instagram account at that time as well. So I pitched a few places. And surprisingly, I landed a hotel stay, a whole bunch of city passes and um, for, for the cities to go on their excursions and attractions and their public transports. And I was so surprised that I could make that happen. And that's where I just realized, okay, this dream of being a travel writer is possible. What can I do to further that, you know? So it just uh, made me realize what I can do.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) I mean, that's amazing. I was, in fact, wanting to ask you, uh, like, you know, I, I know you've just started off telling us about being a travel writer. I want to ask for the listeners out there. So is being a travel writer lucrative in the long run? And also, Mm -hmm. how do you build credibility and back travel sponsorships? Because I know you just said that um, you had a very small Instagram account, you know, just when you started. Uh, So what goes into, you know, actually making that pitch or is it some research that you need to do? So if you can just, you know, give us a little bit of detail uh, as to how to go about it. And first and foremost, the question is, is being a travel writer lucrative? Okay,
0: starting with the lucrative part. So I know for a fact, there are a number of travel writers that make a full-time income from their travel writing. Even last year, when we weren't traveling at all, some of them were able to make a very decent income. Sure, they had to pivot and change a little bit here and there, but from their travel content that we're still making a lot. So personally, I have never made it my main source of income. I'm sure if I wanted to do that, I could, because there is the opportunities. Um, but it's always been more of a passion project for me, the travel writing, which allowed me to to travel more, which is what I wanted to, to use it for in the first place. But I do know that it is lucrative in the sense that there are really high paying publications that pay their travel writers a lot of money, but it takes a while to build up to that point. So you have to, to really have a really good portfolio to be able to get these, um, these opportunities that are high paying oh, for the listeners out there. If you are hoping to make it uh, make it as part of your income, um, then you will need to focus on either monetize, monetizing your travel blog, which is where you can make an income from it, or um, getting publications, getting your uh, bylines and publications. Um, start with the ones that don't pay and eventually work your way out to the ones that do pay or you can actually get mm-hmm. paid from the sponsors so from hotels or tourism boards um, they sponsor you and they pay you that also takes a little while to build up to that but it can definitely be lucrative if, if that is your goal and that's what you're working towards um, I have been paid by sponsors um, and I have been paid by by publications as well so um, I know it can, can happen <laughs> and then you said you wanted to know about the, the uh, how to build up your portfolio, is that correct? Yes, yes, that's right. Okay, so um, I would say start a travel blog. That is your your first step. Um, or any blog that you can include travel on. You can also write for, for places such as medium.com, you know, wherever you can build up a portfolio. That is always going to be your first step. Uh, is getting your name out there. You need to show published work. Um, although a travel blog and place like Medium is great, but it's self-published, um, it doesn't add as much value or show that much credibility. The next step would be to, to write for a publication. There are lots of publications always looking for submissions, or you can write a guest post for, for another bigger travel blog, et cetera. Yeah, but uh, it's all about getting your name out there first, Um, and that's how you build up on it. But like I said, with a brand-new blog, basically, and a tiny Instagram account, I was able to to land these sponsorships. They weren't big in comparison, but I was still able to do it, which is amazing. Um, So my advice to everyone is as long as you have something published in your niche in travel, start pitching. You never know what you're going to get, you know. If you go into it with the energy of, let's see what I can make happen, you're probably going to surprise yourself. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And and
1: Daniela, thanks for that. And I think um, it's all about putting yourself out there and just going and uh, pitching across to various, um, uh, you know, it could be travel brands or hotels or uh, it could be other sponsors out there. So all we need to do is, you know, get on started with our travel blog, make sure that we are at it all the time. And of course, the soul, um, I think the first thing is to have a passion for traveling, (laughs) right? Yeah,
0: yeah, that that is important. And obviously, to to constantly work on your writing skills, it it will develop over time. I mean, if I look back at my my writing when I first started to where it is now, I'm I'm surprised that I, I got any opportunities. But the thing is, you know, I think it's more about the passion. People can people can tell that from, from your writing. They can pick it up. Um, it's whether you create the sense of place when you write so that people feel like they're transported. And that's very important. So the passion really helps that as well.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. and And of course, we need to be at it, keep at it, just go on and on and make it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Pitching, pitching isn't easy. I mean, it's very intib- intimidating for a lot of people. It's scary. It's scary to put yourself out there and to ask for something. And, and you know, it, it's all about a mindset as well. You go into it with a sense of dis- detachment that you, you feel, okay, let's see what happens. But you don't put your sense of worth based on what, what the outcome is for that. So that's, that's a way to actually psych yourself out completely when you start pitching. So don't let, take it personally if you get rejections or things like that. So that to me is a, is a big thing um, that stops people from actually taking action and just seeing what's possible for them. You know?
1: And I think yeah, as you mentioned, it's, it's all about you know going, going ahead, and not just holding back ourselves with that fear or just going ahead with it no matter what persistence. Yes. <laughs> All right, Uh, so Daniela, coming back to your journey, uh, so you started travel writing, and of course, you were backing a few uh, travel sponsorships at that point in time. Uh, When did you start your venture? When did our soulful travels get started? Um, I want to know did you have an idea as to what you wanted to do with it, or how did that all come
0: together? Our soulful travels is evolving still to this day. So I, I don't think I I don't think I actually ever knew exactly what I'm doing, what I wanted to do with it. So I just as I grow and evolve, it evolves as well. But I started our soulful travels, I think at the end of 2016, that I changed it from holistic mm-hmm. mind, body and soul to our soulful travels to combine the two. It was in the beginning of 2017. As well, that I, oh, end of 2017, once I had actually landed these first few partnerships, I looked into other ways that I could grow as a travel writer. So I was trying to learn everything from other people's blogs or like just what I could find online. And there's not always that much if you don't know what you're looking for, you know? So it was at the end of 2017 that I got a job working as a travel writer for a company called Arabido.com. Uh-huh And it was it was there that I really refined my skills as a travel writer and, and pitching and things like that because they actually provided me with with supports and training, which was amazing because um, it was something that I I, had, I hadn't had this guidance before, and it really helps to have someone actually show you the way when it comes to something like this. You know, you can go at it by yourself, but having some some sort of mentor or somebody helping you is, is makes it so much. The journey so much shorter than it would be. So while I was working at arrowvideo.com, I think it was over a year and a half that I wrote neighborhood guides, which is their, their guides for forty four different hotels. Um, over that year huh. and a half, uh, so <laughs> I really I, I really got a lot of sponsorships and I was paid for for doing this. So it was it was a bit more income for me. Um, so. I used that time to just pitch, and I landed quite a lot of sponsorships for a, a fully sponsored trip to Portugal, which was lovely. Not just hotel stays, but wow. meals, everything as well, um, all thanks to Aravido and the platform that they afforded me. So now now I wasn't just using my own blog as a platform. I was leveraging a larger publication as a platform. And, and I think that is really the secret to to struggling as a travel writer and succeeding is learning to leverage other platforms, not just yourselves. Because it takes a while okay. to grow your own blog. It takes a while to grow your own Instagram. And it can feel like you're not getting anywhere because people are only concerned with uh, viewers. How many viewers do you have? Or how many followers do you have? And it's very frustrating. It, it can really put you off in the beginning. So the thing that I always teach people is learn to leverage other platforms. Find other platforms where you can actually uh, – Leverage their follows, their numbers, to, to get further uh, as a travel writer. Um, and that's what Aravedo gave me. Um, I loved writing for them. I loved working with them. Um, after I had gone through about a year with them, I actually started mentoring and guiding their new writers as well. And then that led me to, after that, I decided I needed to, to expand and grow. So that's when I started uh-huh. pitching editors or sending query letters to editors at, at larger publications to try and get bylines on my name as well. Um, yeah, so so I don't work for Arabido.com anymore, um, but uh, they actually gave me the basis or the foundation I needed to just take it further. Um, yeah, so from that point, having all those neighborhood guides at on my name and everything made it so much easier to pitch more sponsorships, so much easier to send query letters to editors because it gave me credibility.
1: All right. So I want to know, um, okay, when you started with this, uh, did you also have in mind, um, because you also do ghostwriting, then writing for magazines and you also take in collaborations and, and, and again, t- writing for uh, travel and wellness. So had you figured it out at that point in time? Or is it something which which came by, like, you know, like was it a natural progression on all of these uh, avenues for Our Soulful Travels?
0: So when I first uh, converted or revamped my blog into Our Soulful Travels, I didn't know any of this. I was making it up as I went along, <laughs> faking it until I made it, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. I would learn what I could online. I would research this and trying to try and learn. Um, But it wasn't until my time at Arabedo that I really, really refined my skills. Um, I think it was just that added sense of support from their team that they could vouch for me and my skills and and what I was writing for them. And also just the, the training. So you can learn a lot online. You can really you, you can up-level your skills amazingly online just by researching and taking courses and things like that. But to have real guidance is so valuable. It just helps so much to to have that continuous support and people t- training you specifically in what you're trying to do. I figured it out as I went along in the start. And then I used the platforms and the other people that I was working with to, to help me get further. All right, And the content marketing, writing, writing articles and things like that, that was always more of a way to make an income. So while I was doing this, it was, it supplemented my income.
1: Okay. So it was something that um, you tried out probably uh, while you were exploring yourself in in the travel sponsorships uh, area, like with Aravido at that point in time. You also thought about, you know, just trying out content writing uh, for various uh, genres Uh, So that this was getting you the means of uh, living. Yeah. So it was you were exploring both these aspects at that point in time. Okay.
0: Yes. Yes. It was simultaneous. So, um, like I said, I was working for Upwork. I was working on Upwork, getting gigs through them at the time. Um, Although that wasn't very lucrative because of the the low-paying gigs. So eventually, I progressed to to getting private clients and working with them so i still i still do content marketing and a lot of various niches so um yeah it was always something that i did at the same time as my travel writing
1: okay perfect uh daniela i want to know this concept of uh, ghostwriting i know i mean it, it's something like I know you're writing for someone else uh, you know or, or probably it's a publication or it's it's probably a different writer altogether that you know you want to put out your thing but it's, it's going to be in a different name altogether Uh, How has this experience been? Because you're writing for someone else and, uh, you know, but it is your thoughts. it's, It's your writing. It's your writing style at the end of the day. So how do you go about this experience? Because I know, you know, we all as writers, we want to put out our work and we want to showcase our work. Right. I mean, what is your perspective on this? Just want to know from your end.
0: Um, So it's difficult, especially when you're just starting out, not having this on your name. It's not something you can actually put on your portfolio. It's not something you can link to or whatever. So it's difficult when you're starting out if that's what you're doing is 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 ghostwriting. The value in it, though, is that you tend to get paid a higher rate for ghostwriting because you are not allowed to use your name. You're not allowed to link to it. The, The clients will generally pay you a higher rate. Because they're buying your your intellectual property basically. But what I have found to do in that that case is I build really good relationships with these clients. They they tend to come back to me and request more content. And in that sense, I would ask them, okay, listen, can I use, uh, can I put the the articles I for you in a, a Google? document and link to it from my portfolio saying this is ghostwriting content. So a lot of them allow me to do that, which gives me some, some more content to use in my portfolio, which is great. Um, so not everyone will, will allow you to do that, but I think it's all about yes. the relationships you build. Most of these people that want ghostwriting, they will come back again, and they are very inclined to pay you a higher rate. So it just works out in your favor. I would say if that's the kind of clients or the work that you're getting when you're first starting out, make sure to to write similar pieces that don't get published anywhere, but that you can just add to your um, portfolio as a sample or example of your work. Just so if your client won't allow you to, to link to it in any way, it's, it's showcasing your work. So just say you write for this uh, brand or this client um, and this is an example of the work you're doing. But I know it's difficult because you want to share the things you write and you're proud of it.
1: All right, yes. You also tend to grow as a writer, isn't it? I think with ghostwriting, I mean, nevertheless, you're not putting out your name, but I think you also get to learn in uh from a different genre altogether mm. um like it could be wellness or it could be something related to lifestyle or <laughs> it could be something related to spirituality mm, yeah, but i think yes you also get to learn a whole lot of new things which you wouldn't have uh you know probably it was not in your area of interest that's one and um yeah as you said i mean you can always hone your writing skills so yes
0: i've written a lot of different topics even this year, um, I did a topic on maturity models uh, for business. and I had no idea about this, so I actually had to go and study. I've, I spent two days studying about it, and then the third day, I just wrote about it. So you learn a lot of new concepts and new ideas. But what I also enjoy about it is that it makes you look at people at, at your tone of voice so you have to write as if you're the person that, that who's hired you to do it so I like to have a call with them and actually learn how they speak and like so that you can actually start writing in their tone or the way they speak you know and, and that takes a lot of doing is to figure out how to write in somebody else's voice you know so yeah it's definitely a great way to grow and to improve your skills as a writer. Right
1: ghost writing is Probably a credible and it's 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 wonderful Avenue you all together, yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so moving on, uh, Daniela, I wanna know I mean we, we spoke about the writing aspects, mm-hmm. uh, but I uh, want to know from a perspective of a business, from a perspective of being an entrepreneur, what were the challenges that you faced uh, while putting together our soulful travels? So what was the journey like? Um, so for
0: me each part of that journey had a different challenge at that time. So looking back, there, there was a lot of things. There was a lot of roadblocks that that I would sometimes have to step away from it and say, okay, I feel like I can't do this anymore. Um, and then I'd step away, I'd get perspective. I would focus on something else and then move back to it. So it's just about being able to persevere as, a, as an entrepreneur. There's going to be challenges all the time. It's, it's never-ending, you know. Um, but with, with it's where that's worth So one big challenge for me was the technical aspect of it, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I struggled with WordPress. I, I struggled to figure out hosting and all all the technical things. Um, so <laughs> that was a big challenge for me. I, I had to actually sit and learn these things for a week or two before I could actually implement it. And that's frustrating because you just want to go on ahead with your business and get make things happen and you doing it by yourself it, it can be so challenging especially if you're not always technical orientated so now i've got into a point where that's something i outsource <laughs> like i just i just i can't spend so much time focusing on learning something technical or new so that i've gotten to the point where i've learned that's something i should outsource to someone else who can do it in five minutes and yeah <laughs> my other challenge that i still struggle with to with to this day is, um, Saying no, <laughs> like learning to say say no to things when it does it's just not right for me. You know, like I, I like to make people happy. I am a recovering people pleaser, <laughs> so it was difficult for me to disappoint someone. So I I would always just take on more and more. That was in terms of client work. I, I didn't set enough boundaries in the beginnings, and clients start taking advantage. That if you don't set that boundary, they won't. So. Uh, that was a big challenge for me that I'm still working on and I, I see I'm getting better at it um, but as an entrepreneur you your time and energy is your your income that's basically how you generate your income and if people are constantly overstepping the boundaries and taking advantage and infringing on your time um, it is going to make you struggle you are not going to get further you're actually going to go backwards so that's something I do figure out and learn how to implement Um, and it was very difficult
1: oh yes I don't know we have to hone this uh, art of saying no (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, yes I think many a times I was into social media marketing services uh, for two two and a half years and um, I mean as you were saying that you know I me myself I couldn't set some boundaries you know like okay taking on more work and uh, you know you have to get paid as well. You can't be taking more of it. Uh, yes, initially, I think it's it's struggle until and unless you know how much effort that you want to put, how much time that you want to put. And this is the amount of work that you would want to take up because it should not just, you know,
0: lead you or uh, it should not go overboard your uh, family time. And I'm sure you also, um, in a different time zone, you also know that when you're working with clients in the US, like, they want to do work at night for when it's nighttime for me. And like, it's, it's difficult because where do you draw the line? Where do you say, okay, listen, it's 12 o'clock at night for me. I can't do this for you right now. So um, exactly. it's something that I had to figure out the more I worked with different clients and actually now make a point of, setting these boundaries in the contract for when we start already so that it's already drawn there they sign to it it's it's set you know so yeah that was a tough one for me.
1: (laughs) I think it's with time right that you actually learn about it because I mean when you're just starting off uh, and uh, you are actually trying to you know figure out the technical aspects and of course how do you want to uh probably uh, get started with your business make it more lucrative from my personal experience i think it's only with time that i learned okay this is what i'm i can afford to and i'm with respect to my time you know probably work for like 20, uh, 10 hours or you know 12 hours or much lesser than that so yes i think it's, i think it's a learning um, curve
0: for all entrepreneurs exactly so i'm still not great at doing that but i'm getting better because i am seeing progress when i'm saying no to opportunities that aren't right for me or I'm saying no to a client who's trying to overstep their boundaries because it frees up the time and energy I need. Being a writer can be tough. It takes up a lot of mental and emotional and physical bandwidth, you know? So if someone keeps inter- interrupting you while you're writing, it gets you out of the zone and then you have to restart all over again. Like, um, It's just not worth it for me. I realize that when I'm in that zone of writing, I need to stay in it until I naturally come out of it interruptions are just going to make me spend more time on something that, than it should, you know? Yes, yes, absolutely.
1: And uh, Daniela, h- how do you handle, I mean, I'm assuming that you do have your team, I mean, a team of writers or freelancers who are helping you out. So how has it been like, um, you know, interacting with them for various works that you, you know, you intend to do and also talking about the productivity aspect pertaining to the teams, or the work that needs to get done for a particular project. So how, how do you handle those? I've
0: only, since last year, started working with other writers. So it's still a work in progress for me. Um, at the moment, they, they're all very much part-time, per-project freelancers for me. So I enjoy working with them. I focus, we use either a Slack channel or um, just an email to communicate. Then all the things. Uh, It gets done on Google Documents um, and then we keep track of everything on Google Spreadsheet you know. Uh, So everything gets put into a central place for everyone to access uh, to ensure that everything gets done at a time, everyone sees what everyone else is doing. but you know that's something that I still feel like I'm gonna evolve and change as as I get more writers and whatever. Like, but yeah. So in terms of productivity, I give deadlines. That's at least a day or two in advance, or when when I actually need it to ensure I have time to edit. Um, but it can be difficult to be productive as a writer, especially when you're living at home or living and working from from home. You know, it's there's no this is home or this is work. So I find myself getting distracted a lot. Um, so I think it's just about um, setting time. So I schedule lots of time to work on this, that you don't get screen time, you don't answer emails, things like that. Time blocking is, is definitely something that I, I focus on. And then also when, in terms of working with my team, is it's, it's all online on things that gets updated real time. So everyone can see what's going on, knows exactly what is expected from them
1: right so it's all about time blocking and also being in line with everything that is happening with your team and vice versa I,
0: although everything can go online i'm very much also a pen and paper diary kind of person I like to tick things off so that's how I keep myself in order <laughs> okay cool I tried the the digital like planner things like Trello and it actually stressed me out so much I couldn't I, I, I wasn't getting things done <laughs> so I, I'm sticking to my physical diary and I write my own things down and then I move it online for, for the rest of the people I work
1: with <laughs> I so totally agree I still every day I have to like okay these are the things that I have to do in
0: this <laughs> today. It's old, it's old school, but I love it.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely, and it's so liberating, you know, when you actually tick it off. Yes, I've done. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. <laughs> okay, um, and and Daniela, could you tell us more about um, widely successful travel writers? That's your Facebook group, and also your course, um, you know, which is called as uh, Pitch to Travel. Uh, So could you tell us more about this as to what you are planning to do or you are doing for, uh, you know, aspiring travel writers,
0: bloggers? Okay, so wildly successful travel writers, I'm amazed at how quickly it took off. We actually reached a thousand members yesterday, which is amazing, like, Point for me so I'm very happy and so grateful to have people like you as part of it. Thank you. <laughs> I love the community like I I, I'd never considered starting a, a Facebook group but it seemed like something I should do when I started uh, launching my course and I must say I absolutely love it. I feel so connected to everyone that I meet in, in this community and, and people are so kind and so so helpful to each other which you don't always see online or on social media and Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, But, yeah, it was something that I added as what was launching my course, Pitch to Travel. So I have this thing that there's not enough information being shared about travel writing. Sure, you can do these people's courses or you can get coached or uh, you can get a job and get trained or whatever. But... I know a lot of travel writers aren't sharing as much as they could because they have this feeling that it's an oversaturated and competitive market, so there's not enough opportunities for everyone. And I don't believe that. I believe there's more than enough for everyone because everyone has their own speciality, their own niche, their own lane that they're going to be focused on, you know. So there's always more than enough room for everyone, especially because not everyone is going to make it in travel writing. It's those people that really want it. They really put in the effort to make it happen. So there's enough room in the industry for people who are passionate enough to persevere and and make it in the the travel writing industry. So I created our our pitch to travel to basically – Just help guide new writers or aspiring travel writers um, to learn how to pitch with confidence, um, get bylines, get published in publications, to get paid as well, and also to land those sponsorships because it's a very elusive idea to land these sponsorships, you know, and like nobody, it's very mysterious. Nobody knows how to actually make it happen. And um, I'm just trying to shine a light on that. If you have a platform like a travel blog or anywhere else that you publish content, you are halfway there. You can, if you want to, take the steps to make it as a travel writer. Pitch to Travel, I share absolutely everything that I've learned over the last few years. Like I don't leave anything out of that course because I think every part of it. So I made a lot of mistakes and my journey was quite long and winding. But like I think if you have these steps and you learn, learn it straight away, it's going to be a lot shorter for you to, to get to that point. So my first module focuses on mindset because I think that is essential as a travel writer is that you need to be able to deal with rejection and redirect that rejection because, you know, I don't see it as a rejection. I just see it as a no for now. That's how I teach them. Is that it's not no full stop. It's no for now. You can always get back to that person or try it again, you know. Um, so, that is the, the foundation of my course, is getting that mindset right. Um, then I move on to things like preparation. So, defining your niche. Um, I don't agree completely with having just one tiny little niche because then you're listening opportunities, but I teach them how to have various niches that overlap to create their own. Um, Also, how to generate story ideas. So you you want to have a unique idea, and unique concept when you pitch to editors. Um, And then also how to find contacts to reach out to so that you're able to contact the right people. And then the next module goes on to creating your portfolio. So starting a travel blog, writing for alternatives like Medium, and then also social media. So I don't go too too in-depth about it, but I just... Explain that there are various mediums and platforms that you can use to make this happen for yourself. Um, And then the next two modules go into writing career letters, getting published, getting paid, um, getting your name in publications. And then obviously the next one goes into pitching sponsorships, creating contracts, making sure everything is legit and both parties are taken care of and things like that. And then the final module is all about um, going to conferences, travel conferences, getting on PR lists. So it's about networking, creating these relationships that help you to get to the point that you, that you don't have to pitch anymore. Because, I mean, you don't want to constantly do that. So the, the last module is about learning how to get uh under the radar, the people who are decision makers, who will reach out to you and say, okay, um, I'm the PR for this brand. Will you do this and this and this in exchange for this? You know. So that is the point that you want to reach as a travel writer when they start coming to you. And the PR companies are the ones you want to, <laughs> want to connect with. And I actually have a few PR, PR companies that I connect with regularly, go have coffee with, things like that, just to keep that relationship going. Um, And I think people forget that it is about it doesn't necessarily be about who you know, but it's about the relationships that you cultivate along this journey that really help you to succeed. Oh,
1: yes. Thanks for that, Daniela. You know, I'm so amazed. Uh, I think the course is so very comprehensive and it's just wonderful. Um, I think you are uh, talking about a whole lot of everything. I mean, all the aspects that's related to, you know, pitching uh, for a travel sponsorship. I think it's just wonderful to know that. And I'm sure the listeners out there who are wanting to wanting to be a travel writer or want to land travel sponsorships, I'm sure, oh, you know, they'll be amazed and would probably want to make use of this course. And I would also like to add, I'm a part of uh, the, the Facebook uh, group, which Daniela hosts and um i think i've been there for like three months if i'm not three or four months i don't know i'm not sure yeah so um i mean it's it's a wonderful uh platform you know to connect with uh, fellow travelers from uh, fellow travel bloggers from across the world and uh, it's so amazing to see or get to learn or get to read a lot of blogs from various other countries i think it's just so beautiful and uh, I really love, you know, I, I think there was a particular series, I think at the very end of uh, last year, which, uh, which Daniela was running, which was called is Aligned in 50. Uh, <laughs> I know you stopped it in between, but I really loved that. I think it was more on the lines of wellness and um, uh, manifestations and uh, what you are hoping or want to change uh, in the coming future or in the new year. I think that was just beautiful. I think it was uh, talking a whole lot of uh, aspects uh, pertaining to psychology, wellness, and a whole lot of things. I really enjoyed that. I hope you restart
0: that again. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it as well. But I'm, I'm thinking in terms of the platform, I'm going to do it se- separately. So let people sign up and then do it. Because I, I think people were wanting more travel-related stuff in that right. group. So it wasn't getting an engagement. And you know, Facebook, when you don't get engagement, they start burying everything under so um, I'm definitely thinking of redoing it but restarting it on a different platform that it's on um, my course platform or something like that so I'll keep you <laughs> keep you updated on oh that. yes please <laughs> that, that's something that I'm so passionate about and, and I find it that's another thing I find difficult as an entrepreneur to keep my niches separate you know like I'm I'm passionate about wellness, manifestation, spirituality, but I'm also passionate about traveling and travel writing, and then I'm also tr- passionate about my business and uh, all the all the aspects related to entrepreneurship. So, um, and it's difficult to run so many different platforms. Like, it, you just don't have that much time to do it. So, I have to figure out how to separate them, and I found that I can only focus fully on one at a time. So I'll decide, okay, this is what i going to be my focus for now because I'm getting results here. And then so that's how, how, how it is, especially if you're a multi-passionate entrepreneur. You kind of have to figure out how everything works together or apart. You know? Oh, tell
1: me about it. I think, uh, yes, I mean, I, I probably am still figuring out because I have a whole lot of things going on. <laughs> I mean as you said i think it's all about uh, what you need to do at this point in time and what is actually um, you know being lucrative at this point in time that you need to focus on probably build it to a, a, a good stage and probably of course you can always uh, uh, you know delve into a lot of other things probably when you have the time
0: so yes absolutely yeah so i think i think it's all about building something to the point where it's starting to work almost automated yes so that you don't need so much hands-on attention on it. So, like, that is something I really focused on last year because we didn't travel. I I think it was probably ill-advised for me to create a travel course where nobody could travel. But, I mean, it was something that was in my head for a very long time, and I suddenly had this time to to work on it. So I decided I'm going to put it out there, I'm going to create it anyway. But last year I also put a lot of effort into figuring out how to make sure everything in my businesses are automated. I mean in terms of the emails being sent and autoresponders, tripwires, things like that. And um, it's also a technical aspect you have to figure out how everything works together. But yeah, I think that's if you're going to have different avenues as entrepreneurs about building one until it's automated mostly and then moving on
1: to the next. And um, you were just talking about, um, you know, you did have the time last year. So my question is regarding the pandemic that uh, we are in I and mean, still we are in. Uh, so how has the pandemic affected your business considering you cannot travel and uh, you are into travel sponsorship. So how, how has that
0: been the last year? <laughs> Um, I must say, uh, when our lockdown started in March, I I think that I went through about a month that I was very depressed. Um, Because, I mean, everything I planned for the year was just gone, basically, you know, like, and it made me feel a bit lost at first. And, you know, I, I allowed myself to feel those feelings. I mean, there was nothing we could do. It was all out of our control. So I allowed myself to feel it. I was down for about a month. And then one day I just woke up and I realized why am I moping about this? There's so much I can focus on, you know. So I turned my attention to separating my content marketing that was all part of on my hustle for travels into its own business, into its own domain and website and everything like that. So I spent yeah I spent a few months working on that so that I could separate my travel writing from my content marketing writing with clients in different niches. Um, I built up the website, I had someone, a developer helping me, built up the website, started getting everything running perfectly there as well, uh, so that I could get more income from from that work. So it was also during that time that I realized, uh, so I might not be able to do travel writing, but mental health uh, writing, there was a demand for it. So um, I was actually making quite a lot of money from writing mental health topics um for clients and there's there's always a silver lining to something you know finally I could actually get into writing things that I had studied about so that was it was really enjoyable for me. It was also high paying because now healthcare and medical content was very sought after it was very much needed. So um yeah I had the skills to to take that on. So it was just about shifting my perspective a bit from Instead of it being a loss or something that's that's out of my control, I realized that I did have some control and I could make something out of it, you know. So um, although I didn't travel as much as I would have last year or I wanted to, I did still go on a few local trips, did road trips, worked with a few local brands, which was which was really great. Um but, uh, yeah, I used the time to get my course out, which is something which I would wanted to do for years. Like I would always said when I started, I want to create a course. And I just felt like I never had the time. I was always traveling. I was always working. So it gave me the opportunity and like the space to do things that I said I would always do when I had the time.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. So, yes, I mean, I think for all of us, I think um, uh, the pandemic has been quite something like, you know, we had to go out of a comfort zone and uh, also uh, beyond our, you know, the workings of the usual routine life. I think it was something different for all of us. Yeah. And, um, and I so resonate with when you said that, um, uh, you know, you had your uh, time and space to work on things, Uh, that you probably wouldn't have done if it was, you know, something of a routine (laughs) thing.
0: Oh, exactly. So so you see something good comes out of it, you know? Like, it was a very enlightening year for me last year, you know? Like, it was trying to figure out, listen, beyond this identity of this job or the work I've created for myself, what else can I do? Who else am I? What else do I have to offer, you know? And I also love that it actually... Inspired more people to see how great remote work is that you don't need to sit in the office all day to be watched while you work you can do work at home and you know what i find that most people are a lot more productive when they work at home because they work when they are more productive when they have the most energy which you can't do when you're working a nine to five
1: right so true so true and uh, yes i think it's, it's all about the lessons that we've learned the last year i mean i'm i'm sure that it could have been disturbing or it could have been difficult for a whole lot of us. But as you said, there's always a silver lining. And um, yeah, we just have to make use of the time and the resources at hand and make the best use of it. And I think the last year has taught us that.
0: Yeah, it's made everyone very resourceful. <laughs> oh,
1: yes, absolutely. Yeah, so especially during this time, uh, well being is of utmost importance. So, uh, what has been your well, well-being or workout routine like? And um, so, what do you indulge, uh, you know, in apart from all of these things that you're doing?
0: My workout routine, I've actually found a workout that I finally really enjoy doing. All right. Which is mini trampoline. So, cardio workouts and mini trampoline. Um, So, about, about 30 minutes, four to five days a week. So, I'm just doing cardio workouts, I find that actually feel the endorphins make me feel really good and energized afterwards, which which I love. (laughs) You can actually see results quite quickly when you're on the mini trampoline and you you work out daily. But I also do yoga, usually on the weekends, just like an hour of yin yoga, just to stretch and like relax and just calm my nervous system. But indulgent, um, I would say I spend a lot of time reading... I spend a lot of time outside in my garden with my cats, um, and then I also meditate and learn about spiritual practices and things like that. So I'm I'm very much a knowledge junkie. (laughs) I always like learning, so I'm always busy figuring out something new or diving into something else that interests me. So yeah, so at the moment, you can't really go anywhere. You can't do much here. So yeah, it's all about just uh, finding peace and tranquility at home, you know, and just being able to relax and I'm a Capricorn, so I have a very difficult time shutting off from work. I enjoy working. It's just because 'cause I'm doing something that I really love. <laughs> so if I yes. if I'm into something and I'm busy making something happen, I get very stuck in it. I barely take any time off. But I realise I get burnt out very quickly. So I need to at least take a week a day, a weekend off just to just lie on the couch or sit outside or just relax or spend time meditating or reading. So yeah, for me to find that that line between working and relaxing was difficult at first. But because we weren't going anywhere or I'm doing anything at the moment, I was working too much that I had to actually just find the, <laughs> the space to do other things as well.
1: How many pets do you have? I know you mentioned cats.
0: <laughs> yes, I've got I've got six animals.
1: <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> All right. Wonderful, wonderful. So I'm sure they must be taking a whole lot of your time as well, isn't it?
0: Yes, yeah, they are. <laughs> it's nice to be at home, like we normally always traveling or somewhere, so it's, it's nice to be at home. Wow, wow, that's wonderful.
1: All right, okay, so we come to the end of the talk. Um, well, I do have a very small section, which I call as the pruner Spotlight section. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to run you through a few questions you could answer to me in a word or two, or it could be a, a, a single sentence or, or more. It, it's left up to you tot- uh, totally. So do we get started? Okay, sure. So my first question being, what is your ikigai? Uh, so ikigai is nothing but the reason for your being. So what do you do no matter what is happening around the world on any given day?
0: Oh, wow. Um, Okay, there's a few things like uh, I write every day, I read every day. Those are two things that are basically non-negotiable for me that that I'm lucky enough to do what I'm passionate about and and so that's something that I will do every single day, whether it's writing for a client or reading a fiction book or reading a, a business book or writing for a client or writing in my journal. That's something I will always be doing.
1: All right, perfect. I mean, since you read a lot, my next question is, any book which uh, inspires you or has motivated you?
0: So, there's so many. So, um, to shut down or to relax, I read um, fiction books, or so fantasy books. I love getting lost in different worlds and different stories. Those are books that i always read, such as the My all-time favorite series is The Dresden Files um, by Jim Butcher. Um, I just absolutely love it. Um, So if you're interested in fantasy books, that's a definite. But in terms of inspiration um, for my business, I I go through so many different books. um, It's tough to say. I'll read one, and then I'll get inspired, and then I'll go and act on it, you know. But, I mean – so I can't give you an exact one. I read too many, too many to, to, to give you an example of one that's made such a big difference. No problem.
1: That's fine. That's totally fine. And it's, it's just amazing to know that, yeah, you are into a whole lot of things. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, the next question is interesting. So hypothetically, if you turn out to be the richest person in the world tomorrow, so what would you like to do or would you continue to do what you're already doing?
0: So (laughs) if I didn't need to work, I'm not sure if I would continue with uh, doing the content marketing writing, but travel writing, I would, I think I would always do. It's just, it's fun. It's nice to write about it. And yeah, I I would probably go and find myself some quiet place in the world to just chill and and, and just use as a base. So, uh, yeah content marketing i think because i think i find it difficult to to work with clients sometimes so th- they can be tough to deal with so i don't know if i'd carry on with that but i would definitely still do the travel related perfect although i must say I-, I love i love to work so i'm sure i would find something else to like fill my time with but that something that it doesn't need to necessarily be lucrative but i I enjoy doing, you know, so I'd find something to keep me busy, obviously, as well.
1: Okay. Um, what is your idea of well-being in personal and professional life?
0: I I think that well-being um is about the energy that you have and like the, the energy that you maintain. So um it's very much for me a focus on how I feel intern- internally. Um I don't focus on well-being every day, although I feel that I often have the need to retreat, um, to focus inwards, um, whether it be meditation. I absolutely love doing um, emotional freedom technique, which is tapping on the meridian points. Um, I feel that like that has been the biggest impact on helping me maintain a stable energy where, where I feel I'm in control of it. And it's no external factors changing my emotions, my energy around you know. I think that's the whole point of well-being is being able to have this stasis, this, this calm within you that external factors don't don't negatively impact you.
1: Yes, I think being in touch with our inner selves, I think that's what it is all about. Yes. <laughs> and um, OK, um, I want to know what is your definition of success?
0: I think it's very much subjective. So um, for me, it would be it would be uh, freedom. Being able to, to have the freedom, the space, the energy, the time, to, and, and the choices to do what, what I feel inclined to do. Not because I have to do it because I need the income and not to feel I have to do it because that's what other people expect from me. But success for me is creating a freedom lifestyle that feels good. and
1: Right. Perfect. <laughs> that's wonderful. All right. Okay, one last thing. Um, so what is one takeaway or learning... Uh, that you would want to give the audience or the listeners Um, so the listeners could be you know someone who's who's wanting to start uh, an entrepreneurial journey or who wants to start a business of his own or or somebody who's already started the journey but uh, you know wants to you know scale up what would you like to say them would you leave them with uh, any learnings
0: that you want to share with them so what would it be? So I would say that just because you studied something or you're working in a specific field doesn't mean that that's who you're meant to be or where you're supposed to stay, Uh, especially not if it's because of the expectations of other people. You have the freedom and the right to be able to explore. You you should give yourself the space um, and a gift to be able to figure out where you want to be. So just because you're in a particular point right now, it doesn't mean that's where you're going to be in the future. Um, so, so never feel like you're stuck and use, use what you have in your skills to explore and to find who you want to be. So if you are sitting in an office and uh, stuck in a nine to five right now, it doesn't mean that you can't be a travel writer in the future. You just need to believe in yourself and take action on those dreams. Yes.
1: Wonderful. So beautifully said, Daniel. <laughs> That's really nice. That's really wonderful. <laughs> All right. The listeners know how can how can they reach out to you okay
0: so um you can connect with me on wildly successful travel writers i would love to have your listeners join us if you're interested in travel writing or travel blogging come join us in the community uh, it's a really safe space with a lot of engagement and interaction and you'll meet awesome people there otherwise you can reach out to me on instagram um, via dm or on facebook or you can go to my website our travels, and contact me directly
1: Oh, perfect. I'll surely leave all of these links in the episode, uh, the show notes. Thank you. I'll surely do that. And uh, Daniela, again, thank you so much uh, for uh, you know being out here on my show. It's been an amazing, amazing conversation. I've had an amazing conversation with you, and I'm I'm so. Uh, happy because you know I had I, I got to talk to a fellow travel blogger a fellow travel writer and a fellow content creator so I am just so overjoyed and um, I must tell you that uh, a lot of uh, uh, the insights or uh, the experiences which you shared I can so totally resonate with with my journey so it's just so beautiful uh, and I'm and, and so glad that we connected uh, thanks to widely successful writers, travel writers that you know, we we got in touch. And I'm so, so super glad that uh, we could connect with each other this way. Me too. Thank you,
0: Shweta. I had a great time and it's awesome talking to someone who can relate and who, who, who's on a similar journey as me. And yeah, I'm so happy that we connected. And thank you so much for inviting me to speak with you today and to be on your awesome podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much again.
1: Wasn't that an amazing episode? Well, let's look into some of the key learnings. We saw the importance of exploring different avenues. And it is never a waste of time, but an opportunity to grow. One can explore a lot of part-time avenues or fields where one can test the waters before they can take on any particular field. We saw Daniela's journey of being a writer and also her journey as a travel writer, and also on her landing a lot of travel sponsorships. Being a travel writer is lucrative, but yes, it does take time. The first step is to have a travel blog and create a portfolio, and later write for publications, and also improve upon your writing skills. And also, try to pitch to as many travel brands as possible, and always keep at it. We saw Daniela's journey of putting together our soulful travels. We also learned about the concept of ghostwriting in her perspective. And some of the entrepreneurial challenges that she faced are the technical challenges, the art of saying no, and of course, being in sync with various other clients in different time zones. We also looked into her perspective on working with teams, freelancers, and of course, trying to work on the project at end inclusively. Daniela did speak about widely successful travel writers, our Facebook group and community, and a travel writing course, Pitch to Travel. We also learned about the concept of being multi-passionate in a whole lot of things and uh, figuring out as an entrepreneur to first do what's needed and try to bring it to a particular stage when you can uh, concentrate on other aspects that you want to indulge in. We also spoke on well-being and uh, how it has been for Daniela during the pandemic and a whole lot of other things. Thank you for joining me on this episode. If you liked the episode and felt this had some value, then please comment in the description section and also share the link with your friends. Likewise, you can comment on Instagram or take a screenshot of the episode and post it on Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag me at Shweta C. Krish. Invest in yourself as this is the best insurance you can have no matter what life throws at you.